Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here, bringing you another episode of the Rad Dad Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? Every once in a while, we get a dad on the show who's like a quintessential rad dad. Like, you couldn't find a better fit for our show if you tried. I'm thinking of guys like Jim Lindbergh from Pennywise, the original punk dad. Well, today's another one of those episodes. We've got the original rock star dad, Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup. And we all know Bowling for Soup's a huge deal, but that's just the beginning. Jarrett may literally be the most productive person ever. He also hosts two podcasts. Jarrett goes to the movies and, of course, the Rockstar Dad Show, where Jarrett and Gary, his bandmate from Bowling for Soup, talk to entertainer dads about the highs and lows of parenting. Definitely a good fit for our listener demographic, so go check that out after you finish listening to this interview. And so Jarrett's a voice actor too, and he's well known for his work on Phineas and Ferb and many other projects, including, get this, he's the voice of Chuck E. Cheese. And he's got a few musical side projects on the go as well, including his latest venture as a solo country artist under the name Jarrett Ray Reddick. In fact, at the time of this episode being released, his new album is out tomorrow. So go check that out. It's called Just Woke Up, and it features a bunch of rad guests like Uncle Cracker and Stefan Edgerton from The Descendants, just to name a couple. And Jarrett shares an amazing story with us about one of the songs on the album that has a very special personal dad connection. You'll just have to wait to find out about that. So we definitely talk about the solo album, and we talk about Bowling for Soup's new album, Pop Drunk Snot Bread. That's a tongue twister, which is going to be out next month. So like I said, he's busy, but... He's also a dad, of course, to three kids, and we have an amazing chat about the difference between being a dad who's a rock star and a rock star dad. We go pretty deep on this one, and we chat about some serious topics like co-parenting, following a separation, and taking care of our mental health as a dad. Jarrett has been an outspoken advocate for mental health, and he actually has some really great advice to impart, especially on how therapy can be a game changer as a dad. And oh man, we just get into so much good stuff here. I think you'll really enjoy this one. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Here's Jarrett Reddick on the Rad Dads Show. Jarrett, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Um, I'm thinking we should get started. Yes, um, and let's maybe, do. Yeah, and maybe we can get started just by having you tell people who are listening or, or watching um, who you are. All right. Cool. Well, hey, guys, uh, I'm Jarrett. Um, I'm, you know, I'm in the band Bowling for Soup. Uh, we're coming up on 28 years. Um, you know, I, uh, I do, that has led me in a, in a lot of different directions as far as entertainment and creative things are concerned from video directing to, um, you know, uh, writing, producing for other bands for, you know, different TV shows and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, and I have a, a several music side projects. In fact, I have a new country record coming out right here in just a couple of weeks. Um, but I also was an actor as a kid, and so I am a voice actor. So I play uh, Chuck E. Cheese um, here in America, uh, and the all, most of our dads will know what that oh, yeah. is. We've and, got Chuck um, E. Cheese here too. Okay, and uh, I was on the show Phineas and Ferb for all nine years, and uh, um, did the theme song for that. And right. Uh, so just um, you know, I I learned very early, you know, and I was taught by you know my, my manager is is a really good. Um, 
he's just a he's just a he just has really good insight into things and you know early on he he said to me you know as as bowling for soup you know we kind of had our hits and you know it's like okay you know how are we going to you know sustain income and things like that and he was like man you just if in this industry you're not going to be able to find one thing that makes you the kind of living that you want to make and you know be able to provide for your family and things but if you could find 10 things that make you this amount of money, then, you know, you could do that. And so it's always been my mindset. So, you know, um, because of that, I stay very, very busy and, um, often too busy. I think sometimes even my hardcore fans are just like, okay, what is happening now? You're doing what, you know? So, uh, <laughs> but, but it, it all works out, you know, and it, 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 it keeps me out of trouble. Yeah. I can't believe it. Like I, I, you know, follow you on Instagram and, and stuff and like, you just are so busy. Like, so you didn't even mention you have a couple podcasts. Yeah, that's well. right. I, I, you're right. I didn't. And and that's how we met. Right. So, yeah. uh, yes, I have, um, my original podcast is called Jarrett goes to the movies. We've been, um, almost 300 episodes. Um, awesome. and, and, and that's weekly. And then, um, we have the rockstar dad show, which, uh, I'm pretty sure probably started about like your podcast did, uh, my drummer, Gary and myself standing in a pool, drinking a beer. And we realized that all we ever talk about is kids. Yep. Um, and, and I was just like, you know, this is content here and we have so many friends that are dads and, you know, uh, um, our niche is, is that, you know, we get rock stars, comedians, actors, also just dads from around the neighborhood. But for the most part, it's it's guys that are in the entertainment industry yep. who get interviewed a lot, but don't really get asked about, you know, what your time at home is like. What do you do with your kids? You know, and that's what all dads want to talk about. You People know, love talking kids. about their kids. They do. And um, so, but, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things where people, I think just because of our career choice, um, I think human nature is to ask about the things that just, you know, they, they kind of can't believe, you know, right. Like, so it's just like, wait, you know, how was China or, you know, how was this? And, you know, yada, yada, or you met this guy. And, I was recording with so-and-so. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that, again, that's sort of what I call Thanksgiving talk, right? It's like, you know, you're at Thanksgiving. When I'm at Thanksgiving, you know, I have to like go, Hey, you know, there's other people sitting here, you know, like I, I, I don't, I'm not going to field all the questions about what my last trip, you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, but, but, it, and, and it's just worked really great. I mean, we've been doing it several years now and, um, you know, it, it's, uh, even as far as like parenting and things like that, you know, both Gary and I are very, uh, we're very, very good dads, if I do say so myself. We're very hands-on and, and very much like in the trenches and always been and, and understand, you know, how important our wives are and, and all of that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically how that show came about. And then um, I've got a couple of more that I'm actually starting soon, but they're, they're less like uh, weekly episodes because it is a lot to do, uh, but, you know, more series-based things. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, like I said, uh, I, or as you said, you know, I, I tend to, to always be up to something. Well, I like that comment that you made, like, you know, we're doing it, doing it and we're involved dads and we're good dads. Yeah. So, um, you know, rad dad. So do you consider yeah. yourself a rad dad? For sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely, you know, I, I, I'm not sure you probably make this joke all the time. Uh, but you know, 
not sure how rad my kids think I am all the right. time, but, uh, but you know, it's funny, the older that my, my, my kids are 19, 16 and nine. Yep. And, uh, both of my boys, nine and 16 have kind of always thought I was the coolest thing ever. Um, but my daughter, you know, kind of just could sort of take it or leave because it's just been her whole life, you know, and, and she, so she doesn't ever lead with like, Oh yeah, my dad's this guy. Um, but you know, it, she's to that age now where, you know, she starts a new job and her manager is like, Oh my God, like your last name's Riddick. Are you, you know, you related to this guy? So she will, she texts me a lot and says, Hey, you know, this guy really likes this song that you do and stuff. And so, so I think I'm, I think I'm turning the rad corner there as well. Yeah. Well, there's kind of a couple ways to look at it, right? We, so we talk about this a lot on the show too. Um, you're right. That comment comes up a fair bit. Like, I'm not sure how rad my kids think I am, but, um, I guess that definition of what's a rad dad, um, there's a, there's a couple things you said just now. So one is, oh, my dad's in a band, right? He's like, you know, famous guy, um, goes on tour and, you know, that's pretty rad, but you also kind of said a good dad. Right. And so, you know, maybe it's both those things. So to you, what makes a rad dad? Well, you know, I, I guess probably I see where you're heading with that. And, and that's the same thing that we do with the rock star dad thing. Um, uh, it sounds like we're very similar in that area in that, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of dads that are, you know, that aren't necessarily rock star dads out there in the world, you know? Um, yeah. You kind of have the same thing. Like, what does it mean to be a rock star dad? Is yeah. it just a dad who's a rock star or are you a rock star at being a dad? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had this idea for a book and I think Rhett Miller stole it from me, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, my, the whole idea would be like, my dad's a rock star, but the stuff that you're talking about is like him helping with the dishes and making sure you make it to practice on time and being there to help you when you, you know, with something when you need it or fix your, fix your TV or, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, rock star dads, you know, you put in the time, you know, just like you, you are to be a rad dad, I'm sure. And, uh, so I think we're, I think we're talking the same talk here, man. Yeah. I mean, a rock star dad is, is someone who's present most of all, um, you know, available, um, you know, uh, but also, and you know, who, who can be a friend, but not, but knows, you know, that you're not there to just be their best friend. Um, and that's super important. You know, I think, and it's, it's hard though, too. It, it's complicated. That is a very, mm-hmm. it's a complicated, uh, what do they say? Stream to navigate or whatever. I mean, because you want to be awesome. You want to be their best friend. You, but at the same time, you have to make sure that you're instilling those things that they're going to need in life to be able to even survive out there, you know, and more and more, you know, we're coddling kids and, and, trying to yeah. keep them away from so much. We become like hand sanitizer, right? We protect <laughs> them so much yeah. that, that, that then when they go into the real world, they've washed their hands too much and now they get sick all the time, you know? Um, I, I don't know if that analogy worked or not. But yeah, no, I, I think that totally, <laughs> I, I actually really like that analogy. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like the, yeah, you, you protect them so much. You, keep them yeah. safe from so much. This comes up a lot, actually. Like, yeah. um, you know, people thinking back to when they were kids and mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, my parents would just send me out to like you yeah. know, play at 10 in the morning and yeah, come back at dark and whatever yeah. you got into in the meantime, like, you know, whatever. But now it's kind of like, you know, parents helicoptering all over. 
which I think, you know, there's probably a balance there. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think, yeah, there's, a, and you're right. It, the thing is, too, is that you kind of just can't do that anymore because of, yeah. you know, it's just a different world we live in, or at least we're educated in a different way because we have access to so much information. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe it was way more dangerous for us to be out and about when we were kids than it is for them now. But, you know, we have we have the technology now to know that like, Hey, this is not really a good thing to do or to a safe place or this, you know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, uh, that's the good part about living where I live. I mean, we live in the suburbs of Dallas and, and, uh, you know, where we live, it's, it's, it's pretty darn safe. And so our kid can just go out and, and play, you know, he's nine. But, you know, we track him. He's got an Apple Watch. We know where he is at all yeah, times. Yeah, there you we go. And uh, we can call him on that thing. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, he has to, you know, they don't, all the parents around here have kind of the same rules, you know, that we just enacted the no backyard rules um, oh. recently, actually, because of, uh, because the kids got into a little bit of trouble somewhere. But th- that's the thing. Another whole thing, right, is like my parents would send me out, but they didn't communicate with any of my friends' parents. Right. Like that was, and now we have, we have group threads and group chats and all this yeah. stuff where it's like, they can't get away with anything anymore. Yeah. It's amazing. But there's also that like cool community aspect too. Like sure. not just like, you know, uh, I guess monitoring what the kids are doing, but establishing community between the parents too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely, neat. you know, it's, it's funny. It's, you know, to be able to have that sort of thing, it, you know, it, that kind of gets complicated because I, I mean, I've, I've lived in, you know, three or four places since I've been a dad. Um, and it's like, I've lived where like my neighbors are also my buddies. And so it's, it kind of all goes hand in hand. And then I've lived in situations where I know my neighbors, but they're not necessarily who I hang out with or, And that's kind of yep. the situation now. So it's like, that's kind of all we talk about is that, or, you know, a basketball goal fell in the street. We need to get a new one or whatever it is. I don't know, yep. but, um, you know, that there's uh it, it just sort of depends on who your neighbors are. But what I'm saying is, is that like in my last neighborhood, like the same parents of the kids that my kids played with were the same dads that I was having a beer with. And now yeah, that's cool. Now the dads that I have beers with sort of live in a different area. Um, okay. But you know, we have a golf cart, so we just go over there. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> so how has like, how has this changed over time? You have, uh, you said 19, uh, 19 year old, right? Yep. Um, yep. And then you've got a nine-year-old. Yep. And And so how, yeah. And 16. So how has, how has that kind of journey changed over time as a dad? Like, I guess maybe one of the biggest factors in addition to the kids ages and them kind of growing and changing and their needs changing, but is your career like where, where exactly, what was happening when you became a dad for the first time, what was happening in your life? Yeah. So, um, you know, I was married to my ex at the time and, um, you know, Frankly, I just sort of tasted the first bit of success whenever we uh, got pregnant with Emma. Uh, up until then, you know, I was just a guy that was out there struggling and trying to do it and uh, was homeless for a couple of years, actually, until I met my oh, ex. Wow. And she was the breadwinner for um, for several years. Um, and so... Uh, you know, when we had Emma, a lot changed really quickly for me. We got nominated yeah. for a Grammy the day she was born. Whoa. Um, 
And then Girl, the Bad Guys became a hit. So I was having to juggle this like, okay, you sort of have this in front of you. You can go after it, but you're also a dad. Um, so I missed a lot of time at home, but I also missed a lot of opportunity. I think yeah. a lot of times guys in my position go all or nothing, you know, like they're like, you know what, we got to strike while the fire is hot. I've, I can't turn down this trip to Spain and I can't do this. And, you know, I can't, I got to go out on the road for six, eight weeks at a time. Um, and really at the time of our height of our, you know, you know, when we were doing this and, and getting very, very popular, I just couldn't commit to that. I, I was gone more probably than I should have, but I wasn't gone near as much as I could have been. Yeah. Um, and for that, you know, um, I do, I think that we probably would have been even more popular of a band, uh, especially in other territories, if I had been able to commit to that, but I just didn't want to miss anything. You know, I didn't, I, I never missed, missed a dance recital. I, I never missed a birthday. Um, you know, I, I never missed a, a game, a, any game that I could possibly make. I would be there, you know. Uh, and that was what was important to me, you know, but, uh, you know, that, that, as that sort of progressed or whatever, I will say, you know, I was busy enough to where it, it you know, it, it kind of, it caused a wedge between myself and my ex and, you know, that eventually would, would be the, the, what ended our marriage most of all was just that we had grown apart because of, of the time that yeah. I spent on the road and stuff. But, you know, and that's, and that's the way that it happens. You know, that's, that's the way that it is. It could have been a lot worse. You know, I could have, uh. I could have just left them there, you know, and, uh, and I, I just, I couldn't do that. So, um, and so the things that have changed the most is, is that, you know, as I, as I've gotten to be, as the children have gotten to be older, as I had my nine-year-old, um, you know, I was more successful, um, as far as being able to navigate how long I'm gone. And, and, you know, so now, you know, I could make my own choices after yeah, we had calling the, hit, the shots a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, all the hits happened between 2003 and 2007. So that's, you know, you got to think. So that's my daughter turning, uh, pretty much my daughter getting to be like five years old and my oldest son being born. And so that was the busiest time ever. Um, and, you know, obviously, again, as I said, that probably, you know, my marriage falling apart and that. Um, yeah, that doesn't help, right? No, but since then, you know, since those days, it's, you know, we're, we're six, we're still successful enough to where, you know, I could say, Hey, you know what? I'll go out on the road for two weeks, but then I want to come home for a month, you know, and, yeah. uh, we've been able to maintain that. And now my drummer has a 10 year old. So, so for the last 10 years, we really operated under that, that, um, pretty much since I, you know, had my nine year old and, and he had Tyler we've really stuck to that. Like we're never gone more than 10 days. Two weeks is the absolute max. And then, then right. we're home for quite some time. So that's a big change. And then also just the world. I mean, technology, you know, it's so much easier, you know, when I'm talking to dudes on the road now that are dads because they can FaceTime their kids. Yeah. You know, I, we had a guy that was opening up for us that he would still go onto the bus and read his, read to his kids every single night. Oh, that's cool. At the same time to do the bedtime story or whatever, you know, and uh, that was their thing. And, uh, you know, Gary's kid calls him about stuff all the time. And my son texts me constantly about the Steelers because we're Steelers fans. Yeah. 
you know, my, uh, my youngest son can call me when he can't figure out how to get A-L-E-X-A to turn on something or whatever, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, yeah, you have to spell it. it cause because she'll respond in the background, oh, yeah, right? She's all, over, she's all over this house. Yeah, right? me too, right here. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and then, and then, you know, finally, I realized this is a long-winded answer, but the world is smaller. You know, yep. um, it's so much easier to get from place to place um, than it was even in, you know, 2003 when Emma was born, just because of computers and communication and all of that. So, I mean, we were still map questing, I think, back then. You know, we didn't have yep. navigation or or anything like that you couldn't book a you you know to book a flight was a whole thing you know you couldn't just get on your phone and just be like you know what i think i'm gonna go home a day early you know you just can't do you couldn't do that so um technology has been a a big benefit i think to uh to to fatherhood as well yeah i think things you have to navigate as a parent though too like with technology right so i've i've littler kids so three and six years old Mm -hmm. so we haven't really gotten there yet but i'm kind of curious what your experience is there with um maybe you know cell phones and how you guys kind of handle that kind of stuff screen time and yeah whatever and it's a it's an ongoing battle you know i mean when we you know you have your first kid um because it's changing so much, you know, it's like when we had Emma, it was 2003 and it just like, yeah, well, we're not gonna just put her in front of the TV and she's, and we managed to do that. We, you know, she mm-hmm. really just didn't get a lot of screen time for a long time. And then until really she could ask for a movie and you know, this, and my, my oldest son really never got into TV and things like that. It was really once like the iPad became a thing. He was five or six years old. I think when that thing, when the iPad first came out, yeah. um, but still, you know, it was very easy to monitor because it wasn't something that they could use in every aspect of their life yet, you know? Right. Now, it's it's very difficult, especially the phone. Now, the uh, My wife is really good with the nine-year-old, with Everett, about, you know, when he's – she can just tell. Like, man, he's had too much screen time. Like, you can just sense it in his attitude and just how tired he is and all of that. And she, she has no – no qualms about just taking the thing away for a week and going, Hey, you're not in trouble. You just, you need a break. Yeah. And she just did that while I was on tour. Um, well they kind of, yeah, man, they start to like zone out and then, you know, you get this behavior stuff too. Right. And right. Don't sleep as well. So yeah, you got to pick up on that. It's tough, man. And then the whole like social media thing is so difficult and it was very hard you know, Everett's not in any of that yet, but it was so very difficult for us because we were a divided home and they were here. Yeah. The two older kids were here every other week. And so um, it, it, it really, it really came down to a lot of trust, um, yeah. a lot of communication about it. Um, and then, you know, as far as video games with Jack, you know, you know, he was, he was the exact age of the, of the Fortnite craze. So, oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Cause that's, he's 16 now. So I guess that happened when he was like 12, 13. Um, and you know, I mean, he was, he would go weeks, you know, without, I mean, that's all he wanted to do. He wasn't going outside anymore. And, you know, so, so that's where you really gotta, gotta step in and do stuff. But I, you know, I don't know, we've never really been, the type to like take their phones and like look at their messages and things like yeah. that just because, and I'll tell you the, the real reason is because, and, and I, I, I think that some people should do that by the way. I, I'm not saying that I don't think that our method is right, but I can tell you that our reasoning is this. 
is that there had to be at least some sort of trust because they can hide anything they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you, you can't like, I, we as parents don't really even know they've got these like secret texting apps. They've got yeah. ways of like hiding it on their phone and all of it's completely legal. And, you know, and they, and they all know what it is and they figure out all the workarounds and all of that. And so it, it, it wasn't long after Instagram came out where it was like my daughter would slip up and go my private Instagram account or whatever. And be like, Oh yeah, well I'm going to go ahead and follow that one too. You yeah. know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, so no, but, but as far as just taking up their things and reading through their business and stuff like that, you know, it's, that's, it's a hard, it's, it's, you know, if they're, if they're not getting in trouble, you know, it's just, I, I, I just don't, I, 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 we never have done that. Yeah. Um, It's an impossible balance to achieve. I think like you kind of, you got to figure out what works for your family, which is kind of what you said. Like that's what works for you guys. Um, I guess if like you had some indication, there was something to worry about, it would be different. Right. And so you, you still have to be mindful of it. And I think for like, the entirety of history kids have been ahead of their parents (laughs) they've been able to hide things from their parents and you know have their own private stuff going on and so yeah we need to be I think respectful of that and um, understanding of that too but yeah to a certain level that's yeah that's tough it's like a little prison system you know like they (laughs) they they have they have access to anything and everything they want you know we've got to be good you know corrections officers and try to be a deterrent yeah. But you know, the fact is, is that if they want something, they can absolutely get it. I mean, yep. it's, it's just, it, you know, that, that maybe that joke doesn't fly in Canada, but like here in America, our prison systems, like they can literally get anything like they, yeah. they have anything they want. All of them have cell phones now. They're not supposed to, it's crazy, but um, yeah, that's the thing, right? Is like, and you know, again, communication is just, you know, just discussing yeah things like, you know, relationships and, uh, and, and just, you know, making sure that they know, you know, that you're always here and that, that, you know, that they're going to make mistakes. Um, and that's, and that's okay. You know, mistakes is really what, how you learn, you know? Um, and you kind of mentioned communication too, um, like between, in the situations where kids are splitting their time between mom and dad and how important that communication is like, you have any thoughts on that and the things that have worked for you there? We have, you know, lots of listeners and, um, you know, in that same situation and that's a really tough one. Man, I'll tell you, I read about this on punk rock dads on Facebook all the time. And I, I wish I could pull every single dad aside and just, you know, try and talk through it there is no right answer and it's hard. I mean, it's my, my older kids now, like I said, are 19 and 16. And as far as the 19 year old goes, I mean, we're, it's just paying for school and you know, that money is sort of set aside and the mom is managing it. And so I don't, there's not really anything going on there, but you know, we just had to go through the buying my son a car together. And, oh yeah, and, um, and so I will say that navigating things when they're little, um, when you still have the remnants and shrapnel of the relationship left um, and those signs, and especially when you both start to get into other things. And, and, you know, you also, it just depends on the personality of, of, of the, my ex is a very, very strong uh, personality and, and it's sort of like all or nothing. And so um, we had, we had some difficult times. I'm a, I'm a pretty laid back dude. Um, 
but you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't always easy, but it was, you know, it's, it's, it's manageable. Um, but I could also, I would say that I think, I think, I honestly believe that every dad, uh, who gets it, who goes through a divorce and there's a custody situation should go to therapy and, and it's pot and, and I really do. And I think that it's not a horrible idea to just go even with your kids, even if there's not a problem, just go, just make yep. sure everything's getting talked through and talked about and you're understanding, you know, how those things go, because trying to navigate that, figure that out on your own with little kids and with a, with, you know, um, your former partner who, you know, you're not agreeing on anything, which obviously is why yeah. you're divorced. You know, and so now you've got money, you've got money to talk about with child support. And then you've got this, which is above and beyond child support. And then you bring, you know, the next partners into it or whatever. And that complicates things even more because it's like, well, why are we doing this? And what's, you know, what's going on with this? And so, you know, the more I read, um, you know, like I said, on like punk rock dads and stuff like that, man, just the more I, I, you just want to, you just want to kind of just give them a side hug and be like, Man, I promise you, dude, put the kids first, hang yeah. on for dear life, yeah. and just get through it, you know? That, that, so many times I'm just, you, you fi- I find myself riding on there to those, to those guys just going, listen, be the bigger man, take the high road, never say anything about the other side that you, yep. that you wouldn't say right there in front of your kids, um, you know, when, they were, when y'all were still together or whatever, you know, just don't say anything. If you can't say anything positive, don't say anything. And it doesn't matter if, if they're getting it on the other side because eventually it all just floats to the top and they're and they will be like, Oh, okay, well so this is going on or this was going on. And it's uh it's it's hard, man. It's a I mean, a- yeah, like that- shout out to punk rock dad's facebook group you and i are both on there and yeah yeah totally. yeah, yeah yeah i mean in <laughs> sometimes you have to hold your tongue on there too because you do. Uh, there's yeah, some you- yeah there's some interesting conversation but uh yeah it's 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 good for the most part um but, but as a parent like i think this is you know you're always dealing with how you take your emotions out of things too right and not reacting mm. solely based on your emotions and then you add a kind of a stressful situation like that and it's yeah. like it's so difficult in the day to day. It's difficult yes. as a parent to, to take those emotions out, but um, it is, yeah. and, and, you know, and then, and then there's just the thing of the, you know, you're, you, you find yourself in a situation where you don't have that time anymore. So you become yeah. even more resentful. You, you know, just, it's just, um, it's just not the easiest thing in the world to go through. And, um, you know, I think, it's guys got to just see the bigger picture of things. And it's like, look, you're raising kids, but it's 18 years. And honestly, once they get 14 or 15, you're kind of, you know, for the most part, most of your job is done. You're there for guidance and stuff, but they're sort of starting to make their own decisions and charting their own course. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, my son just turned 16 last week. He's got a car now. So my, my wife was like, is Jack coming home this week? And I'm like, Hell if I know, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, he could say he is, but yeah, that's a big know. milestone. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but, you know, I always put it into the perspective and this is what I told him, you know, last week when we were taking our final drives to school, you know, uh, I was just like, look, I, I get it, man. I was in a band um, with adults when I was 13, you know, and I, I, I couldn't, I, I was never home and I get that. I get that yeah. you're going to be busy and I get that you want to see your friends and, um, so, you know, just, uh, call your dad every once in a while, come home for dinner every, yeah. every so often and 
you know, you know, and, and I'll be fine. I know? loved your post on Facebook about that last day of driving him to school. Yeah, that was really cool. Cause that, that is a, a thing that I think too often as parents, like, and it happens all the time, actually. Um, that's a really big one, but like, it happens all yeah. the time. And it got me thinking about like, even my daughter, uh, her, you know, she would come home from like grade one and she'd be telling me about stuff that happened or things that things that she learned about that she didn't experience with me, (laughs) you know, because everything prior to that point was like, I knew everything that was going on. Yeah. And now you're just starting to have like your own life and your own thoughts. And, um, it is, yeah, I I really like that post. My Um, wife talks about that a lot, um, about how he just has this whole other life, you know, Everett, so has weird. this whole other world at school that what we know about it is what he tells us and what we hear from his teachers or whatever, which really that's just the top of it, you know, yeah. but here he is, he's got, you know, he's navigating the politics of riding the bus home, you know, and, um, you know, it just, there's just so much and, and you're just like, gosh, that's, those are elements, that's a really good point. Cause she, she was just talking about this the other day about how, there's just aspects of that that we literally know nothing about. Like we yeah. don't know, you know, who, who does he talk to, you know, and, and we ask him, you know, but you don't, you know, it's that, that's one of the big things that I learned, you know, psychological wise is like, you know, you're not supposed to bombard them with questions like right when they get home. You yeah. Know? Supposed to wait it out because they need to decompress. And it's, it's not unlike me coming off the road and then, instantly everybody going, well, tell me about the tour, you know, yada, yada. Yeah. You're just like, ah, can we just do talk about something else? You know, they're, they, they need to decompress. And so my drummer actually has a method of that he uses that I think is just amazing, but he's, he won't ask his kid about anything until they're like playing catch or they're on a drive somewhere that isn't school or something to where the yeah. kids focused on something else. And, and uh, then they have pretty good, pretty good communication there. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's for sure. I'd heard that as well. Um, Cause that was really frustrating for us. Um, you know, cause you're, you're so, you want to control everything as a parent. 100%. So you kind of have this uh, tendency to want to do that. But um, yeah, my daughter's coming home from school and you're like, Oh, how was school? What, you yeah. know, what happened at school today? Nothing. Nothing. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and then you get these stories later, like, Oh, so-and-so punched somebody, you know, out on the field right. or like, why yeah. didn't you tell me that earlier? But uh, exactly. I think you're right. They, they need, time to kind of process their feelings and emotions too. So, and they're, you know, they're, they're tired and they're wanting to yeah. move on to something else. And, and, you know, I, I, they just, they just need that space. You know, I think, that, I think that's really why, like in generations before us, um, the dinner table has been so important Yeah, you know, that, that, that dinner conversations, you know, I, I realized that, and, and it's look, it's almost impossible for us uh, in my family because, you know, my, my youngest has karate and uh, drums, mm-hmm. piano, baseball, soccer, you know, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, of course, my, I don't really, my work hours, I try to be done by four or five each day, but sometimes I'm not done till 630. And so, you know, it's hard for for families to sit down and, and have dinner. But, you know, I think that that was a big thing back, you know, and, you know, in, in that generation of like where everybody could talk about their day and, yeah, you know, you weren't allowed to talk about television or whatever, you know? Yeah. I think, um, and yeah. And it's not every family can do that too, no, but, it's, but, it's um, hard. and I think it, you're right. It, it is harder now, I think than it probably ever was. There's less nine to five and there's just more stuff going on in everybody's lives. 
Um, yeah, that's a fantastic point. So, so many people work from home. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, used to you'd sit down to dinner after dad had been home for 30 minutes or whatever. And, and, you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think a lot of people do good on that, you know, um, I made a joke. I don't know if you watch the show Ozark, but um, no, not yet. But yeah, well, anybody but... listening to this podcast uh, will know that Marty Bird and his family can fly to Mexico and and uh, and get and watch somebody get shot in the head, and then and take down a drug cartel and steal a bunch of money and put it in a hotel vault, and then you know dig up a body and move it. But they're still home for dinner <laughs> every single night. Sit down at that table for dinner. Yeah, priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate you being kind of so open too about um, your experience kind of co-parenting. Yeah, um, I think that's that's important. And I, I, you've been pretty open. I've, you know, read some articles and stuff um, about your like your experience with with, you know, mental health kind yeah. of struggles. That's something that's really important for us um, yeah. in Rad Dads to talk about and kind of bring to the forefront. I think it's important for dads in general to talk about because we're, I think, <laughs> You know, yeah. some of us aren't that good at it, uh, myself right. included. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more about how you felt like, mm. uh, I guess, therapy uh, was helpful for you and, and why you would recommend that? Um, yeah, for dads yeah. out there. Yeah, it's funny is, is that, you know, my wife and I actually um, do counseling um, and, and we love it. I mean, it's, it's, to us, it's like, um, like oil change, you know, like you just, you know, you're just kind of, oh, I like that. Just, we just decided, you know, we w wanted to work on some aspects of communication. Um, and, but one of the, one of the things is, is that my therapist, our therapist, not giving me an out, but sometimes in talking to her, will say, he is a man, they are wired to do this. You know, we are not, you know, it's, it's not, most of us don't like talking about our feelings. And so that's, that's a pretty easy way to look at it. But if you go back to, you know, how we were brought up and how, yeah. you know, you're supposed to go to work and come home and provide for the family. And that's what you were supposed to do, you know, and we're still just sort of like that in that, like, we, we don't talk about our problems or we don't talk about our feelings. And, and, you know, I'm a musician and an artist. So I will say that I do have a bit of an advantage in that my friends and I will kind of talk about that stuff. Um, and, uh, I don't know if it's just if we're just wired differently or whatever, but I, I will talk about kind of things like that to my friends, but I'm not um, not amazingly open, uh, even as a husband sometimes, you know, I, I have a tendency yeah. to, um, to really let things build up. Um, but back to your, you know, the, you know, me sort of figuring it out, you know, that time in my life when I um, was going through a divorce, two year custody battle, um, getting into a new relationship, moving to a new city, um, having a new son, um, you know, trying to decide what I was going to do. You know, th there was a chance that I was going to dissolve Bowling for Soup and actually started going down that path. And so many things like that happened to me kind of all over the, um, well, not to me, but in my life over a course of a couple of years. And, you know, I, uh, I finally just had to just talk to my doctor about it. I, I didn't, I mean, I, I found myself some days where I could get up, get the kids to the school, feed the dogs. And I'd go right back to bed, be in the fetal position until I had another sort of responsibility, but work stopped. And yeah. you know, I would go out and play the shows that I had to, but I, I was just, I just, I couldn't be productive. I, I couldn't be optimistic. I could, you know, I just, I was just in a really bad place. Um, 
and I, I honestly didn't know much about depression. I, I think I'm most people think about depression and they just think, Oh, that just means you're sad, you know, yeah. and that's not anywhere close to what that, what it is. Um, and I certainly didn't know anything about anxiety because I had never experienced it other than I, the way that I explain it is like when your dad is still paying your car insurance and you're going 80 miles an hour down a street and you pass a cop and mm -hmm. like what that feeling in your stomach is, <laughs> but all the time, yeah, you know, and that's sort of how I explain anxiety anyway. Um, and so, yeah, I started to feel that and I, you know, I was sort of spiraling a bit and I, started to try to get on medication. And then my wife, um, you know, was pretty adamant about me going to see a, a counselor. And I, I didn't want to because boys are scared to go to counseling. I had been to marriage counseling in my previous relationship and loved it. Like I, and she, and, and then I, I ended up staying and going to, you know, just counseling with that same lady. I loved it so much, but then just all, you know, once I was out of it, I was scared to go back, you know, and you were yeah. just were weird about it, man. It's just so great because you just, you get just to talk things out that you don't really even know are weighing on you because once you get going, you're just going. And then you have somebody that listens from not a non-judgmental way, but somebody to listen and tell you, Hey, it's okay that you feel like this. And these are real feelings. And mm -hmm there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with, you know, thinking this, even though you think this is bad, it's, this is natural, or this is why this is like this, or this is what you need to work on, or, you know, you need more time to yourself, you know, or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, therapy, uh, medication, uh, was another thing I did not want to do. I'm, I am, uh, my wife says I punish myself. Like if I have a cold, I won't take anything. Cause I'm just yeah. like, I don't know. I, you know, and she's just like, okay, you're just going to sit there and be miserable. That's fine. You know, and I'm just sort of like that. I've always been like that with medication. My parents were both alcoholics. My brother's a drug addict. And so that could be part of it of just mm. kind of not wanting to, to just to medicate, you know, I mean, I drink, but you know, it's, that's it, uh, medicine, drugs, things like that have always been weird for me. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, but like I said, I talked to my doctor and it took me about 18 months to get the right medication. I went through yeah. all of them. Um, it is, uh, and the way that he would explain it to me, and this is, I'm glad you asked me this. I know my answer is long, but I want to get this point across. No, it's um, great. There's not a magic pill. So you don't just go there. And this is the thing that I think also frustrates men, especially, um, you think you're going to go there and they're just going to give you this pill mm -hmm. and it's going to be okay. Well, it might, but chances mm -hmm. are it probably will make you feel a certain way. And maybe you don't want to feel that way, or it might not work at all, or it might be that you need to add something else to it. Like I said, 18 months to two years is what it took to get mine. Right. And then once it was right, it was just, you know, there it is. And so I've made, I, I now see a psych psychiatrist. So I don't go to a therapist anymore. Um, I, I probably need to, but, um, you know, I, I, right now we're, we're doing this counseling thing and I'm getting enough of that. My, uh, my, our couples counsel, our couples counselor sort of drag shit out of me all the time that I'm just like, wait a minute. I didn't even know that was bothering me, <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, I feel like yeah. I'm already getting a two for one. Um, but, uh, but I see a psychiatrist now who just monitors my medications. And, yeah. um, so I feel really good about that because that's what he does. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I talked to my actual physician about it and, um, that's where you start, you know, um, yeah. for anybody that's, that's, you know, you're, you don't know where to start, start with your doctor, 
and just tell be super, super honest. Well, it's amazing. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. I don't talk about, I don't know if I've ever really mentioned this on the show. So I don't know if people know this, but my day job is actually as a pharmacist. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, but it's funny. Um, cause you know, this is kind of hitting home with me too. When my daughter Nora was born. Um, so second daughter, mm-hmm. um, I just, I really struggled after that. And I'm a pharmacist. I'm averse to taking medication sometime too, right? Um, which is weird. Um, but finally, it kind of reached a bit of a breaking point. Like I was just so, I had such a short fuse. Yeah. And it was just having a hard time coping. And it was the same situation. I, you know, finally went and talked to my doctor and like, what a amazing difference it made for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and I, I give that same advice to people too. I, it's come up with my friends sometimes too. And they're like, oh man, I didn't know, you know, you know, you were on something or, yeah. you know, and, and uh, yeah, I'm go- going through that too. And uh, so I think it is super important to talk about and just be open about um, not everybody's solution is going to be the same, but it's, you know, interesting yeah. your, you know, your experience of what you, you know, wanted to share is that it's not, it's not going to be kind of a magic bullet right off the bat. Right. Um, it might be. Um, and actually for me, I had a really good experience with the first thing uh, I tried, but I talk about that or, or did in the past sort of talk about that with patients quite a bit too, that like, you just, you know, this might not be perfect for you. Maybe mm-hmm. we find something different and um, there's lots of options out there. So yeah, you know, the, the, the key is like the first step, I think is if you have that insight that like so, something's just not right, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not coping here, go talk to somebody about it. Cause you'd be amazed what, what a big change it can make in your life. It's a, it's, you know, there's a huge stigma attached to it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, a lot of, you know, there's a generation out there that thinks that it, it's us showing weakness, yeah. you know, to ask bullshit. for help in this department. It's such, such bullshit. What I worry about these days is that so many people are now becoming open about it what I see on the internet is almost this backlash of, you know, and, and this happens on punk rock dads actually, um, where, you know, people are, are kind of redo re upping the, Oh man, just rub some dirt on it. You know, get in there. You know, I never <laughs> needed no medication to get over me and Betty Sue getting divorced, you know, and yeah. uh, the pendulum just kind of swinging back yeah, or and, something. And, yeah. But I think it's important for everybody to note that, that, with every passing day, there's more and more people out there who are, are, are having these experiences and who are getting help for it. And so there's just so much support out there. It's just, it's unbelievable, you know, like, um, just, you know, how many people will be sympathetic, empathetic to your situation, you know, and to have some sort of experience with it. And, and, you know, here's the other thing that you have to say that I need to say too. Uh, and this is talking really to the people who haven't experienced these feelings, you know, just because you haven't experienced it, it doesn't mean that it's not real. Uh, so be a good listener, be a good friend. Yeah. That's that's what you can do to help because, you know, I, if, if someone's never stubbed their toe, I couldn't go, well, here's how a stubbed toe feels and you know exactly what it is. You don't know what this, and so I don't know, I can't tell you, you know, or, or like, and it's even hard, honestly, as a partner, because my wife has anxiety as well. And I found, you know, many, many years ago that 
I was great about talking about my own stuff, but when she was talking about her stuff, mm -hmm. I wanted to solve it. And I'm just like, well, what's wrong with you? What could it possibly be? Like, why would you possibly be anxious? Yeah. And you know, she, she would, it took several times of her going, do I ask you that? You know, yeah. like, okay, no, well, okay. All right. Well, and, and I think that's the thing is like, when you're, you're like, man, I'm having some pretty bad anxiety today. Someone without anxiety is like, well, what's wrong with you? You know, what happened? And yeah. you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be anything. You know, that's normally your doctor will ask, do you notice things that trigger this? But not, yeah. you know, it's not like you wake up and you go, oh, I'm worried about this exact thing right here. And if I could just solve that, this would go away. And unfortunately, that's not what happens. Well, that's the trick with it, right? Is it's so yeah. hard to explain why you feel the way you do. And so it yep. does, you know, take kind of working through some of that stuff. So it does. Yeah, man. It's, um, but you know, again, so many more outlets out there and, mm -hmm. and, and groups and ways to talk about it. And I think you find way more sympathetic ears these days than you do, you know, uh, opinions that are attached to the, to the stigma of things. Right. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I work a lot with foundation 45, which is here in Dallas, um, which is a musicians group of, uh, you know, musicians that, uh, with, with mental stuff going on and then punk rock. Oh, that's cool. Pop. Punk Rock Saves Lives. Yeah. Um, big, big, big involved in that. And They're not amazing. only do we do uh, bone marrow, um, you know, swabbing and, and trying to find people to um, to give bone marrow, but also mental health is a big, big part of what we do too. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I think it, yeah, you're right. There's lots of resources out there. There's more people talking about it. Sometimes it's just a matter of, yeah, uh, taking that first step to reach out and say something too. Yeah. Right? And look. That's the biggest thing. I mean, yeah. and, and I, look, I get the, Facebook messages, um, Instagram messages every week. Like, so what do I do? You know, I heard you talking about this and I'm mm -hmm. going crazy. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, you just took the first step. You did it. You know, yep. like you're already, you're already doing something for yourself just by reaching out and saying, Hey, and so then I go, okay, go, you need to find some sunshine, go get a walk, drink lots of water and you need to make an appointment with your doctor. And, um, you know, you if you don't have any friends, get one, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, you, you need to, start talking and yeah. uh, and getting getting rid of this stuff. Well, punk know? rock dads is a good example of that too. There's lots of guys, mm -hmm. right, who go on there and maybe they don't have somebody to to yeah. talk to face to face, they feel more comfortable in that community reaching out and so you do see some really cool conversation on there too. Good yeah, support. I think that's when that that group is at its finest is yeah. when someone is, you know, hurting or whatever and we're not arguing about, you know, whether pop punk is any good or not, you know, like <laughs> it, it's that group is at its best when someone is like, you know, I'm at the end of my rope and I don't really know what to do. And I miss my kids and my ex-wife's got a new boyfriend and I feel so alone. And that's when you really see dudes stepping up and going, look, here's, you know, the thing you, you know, this is life and, you know, t take some deep breaths and, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get past this, you know, yeah. first things first, you know, put the kids first and then put you next. Yeah. There you go. Um, so kind of reflecting back on your journey as a parent, let's, let's uh, kind of shift gears maybe a little bit. And, and I do, again, just want to thank you for, you know, being open about that stuff. Cause yeah, like I said, I think it's, it's super important. Um, it is. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Um, but like reflecting back, what's, what are some of the most rewarding things about being a parent or being a dad? Mm. Um, Man, there uh, to me, it's sort of like this endless supply. It's funny, you know. You you find yourself, um, 
you know, reflecting back on that as your kids hit milestones and, you know, my yeah. daughter again, turning 19, my son turning 16. Um, you know, my little guy is about to be a black belt and, you know, it's, it's oh, just there's cool. so many crazy things going on. Um, but you know, just seeing yourself in them, whether it's uh, nature or nurture, you know, and, uh, and seeing them do good things and make good decisions. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I love it because it, it's a constant thing for me, but anytime people are around my kids, they will just come up to me and they will go, my God, your kid is like, can sit and have a conversation with people like with, a, like with adults and my, they've always been like that. They're treated like that, but you know, they're, they're, and my daughter is me. Uh, and becoming more me with every passing day. Um, it's, and it's bizarre because she used to be exactly like her mom, but she is becoming her dad. And, you know, I watch her work a room and it is unbelievable, man. It's, <laughs> she came to one of our shows recently and she came backstage and man, she had that whole dressing room in the palm of her hand, you know, and I'm just like, my God, it's so cool that you can do that. You know, like, cause that's, you know, that's a gift I was given too. um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's, you know, there's the, those times when, you know, when my, my daughter will talk to me about something that's going on in a relationship that she's, that she's in or something, it feels really yeah. good because I, I, I wouldn't have done that at 19. So I, yeah. I think in that point you're like, okay, I'm doing something right, you know, or, you know, um, our youngest son is real good about just talking to us about how he feels about things and stuff. And that feels really good. Like we've done something correct. Well, there's a trust there. Like it shows yeah. that they, they, they trust you and they know they're not going to kind of be yeah. judged. 100%. And, you know, and that's something that you set out to do, you know, but you, you know, when you, those things, when, when you, when you feel that sense of accomplishment, you say, I mean, my God, like this, my child is actually talking to me, you know, like, yeah. uh, and, I may not lose them, you know, yeah. um, but, uh, but I do, I like the, you know, the, the little instant gratification rewards too. you know, by my, my oldest son, you know, he, <laughs> this is a pretty good story. My oldest son uh, was in, in an indoor soccer league and he was in the championship and they tied, it came down to penalties yep. and he was the last one. Um, that the other team had just missed one. So if he made it, they won. And if not, they had to start a new round. Yeah. And um, he made it. And oh, I'm just like, awesome. I said, that's that pressure that you just don't want. You know, I'm like, oh my God, why does it got to be my kid? He made it yeah. or whatever. And we're walking out of there. And uh, my ex wife and my wife and my daughter are walking behind us. And uh, my daughter goes, Dad, are you crying? And my ex-wife and my wife at the same time went, of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, there's just things like that where I just never forget how that feels, you know, just seeing them do good things and, and just the happiness in their eyes. And, oh, uh, yeah. It's so it's amazing. Great. Amazing. Yeah. Seeing see, like, you, you know, kind of like almost like living vicariously through them a little bit or I, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, but. Yeah. You know, it's, um, yeah. it's uh, you know, I, I definitely you know, I don't ever want them to do anything they don't want to do, you know, and that's, that's a, that's a cool thing about where Emma is in her life. Cause she's like, I don't know if I want to go to college. She's going to junior college and working right now. She goes, I don't know if I want to go to real college. And I'm just like, well then don't, you know, and I yeah. wish my parents would have been like that, you know, but I'm like, you can decide what you want to do at 36. You can decide what you want to do at 44. It doesn't matter. As long as you're being a good human being, 
Yeah. You know, and not being a piece of shit, then just live your life and enjoy it. You know, because that's, it's life's too short for there to be rules like that of like, okay, what's, what's the syllabus here? What do I do now? You know, well, you can decide that, you know? Yeah. You and the possibilities are too, too big too. Like I, I, yeah. when I, man, when I finished high school, I thought there was only one path forward and that was just go to university. And like, that's worked out yeah. great for me, but I thought that was it. Um, you know, yeah. and I had friends well, who were traveling parents, and yeah, my yeah. parents said that. And then, then I go to school for four years, get two degrees. And then I was sick of being responsible all the time. So I was like, I'm just going to go be in a rock band for a while. And here we are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, that worked out good for you too. It worked out fine. Are your kids, are they into music? Like, what do they think about what you do? Um, they're, uh, they like music. Um, my two older kids can both sing really well. Oh, cool. But they, but they don't, um, you know, they, they've, Jack has dabbled in some things. He took drum lessons for a while. He just not really ever found, um, found what he wants to do really. He's, he's played every sport, you know, and he's just, um, he just kind of likes to dabble in everything, you know? Um, my youngest though, uh, takes piano and he takes drums and, and everything just sort of comes to him instinctually. So, um, oh, that's cool. Uh, and he can sing really, really well already. And so uh, I think he's probably going to be uh, at least, if not a musician, the one that, you know, sticks with it and plays an instrument and, and does all that. But, you know, again, whatever. I mean, I, I, you know, it's funny. It's, I think there's probably a time within my career where I, where I would have been like, the last thing I want is for my kids to do this because it's not easy. It's hard. Right. Um, but nothing in life is easy. So now, uh, you know, and, and obviously this has been like this for a while now, if, if it doesn't matter what my kids want to do, my, you know, my son, uh, Jack decided one day he was, he was, he was like, I'm going to be, a a gamer. Okay. Well then practice games. Yeah. Cause I've seen how many hours they put into that. So you better get to work. Well, then he wanted to be a YouTuber. And so I set up a little corner in his room and I blacked out the walls and like had him a cool chair there and like got, nice. got him some lighting, or whatever. And like, Hey, you want to be a YouTuber, be a YouTuber. That just lasted a couple of days. But <laughs> what I've tried to show him is that it doesn't matter what he wants to do. Like he could, he just, just do it because, and Gary and I talk a lot about this on rockstar dad show all the time. We're the last guys in the world that can ever tell our kids that they can't do something because what we do for a living is something that literally every person in the world at one point or another dreams about. Right. For sure. And we, so, and I don't mean like harps on it or for years wants to do it or whatever, but at one point or another, you pretend or you think about, man, it'd be cool to be a rock star. Right. And we are totally. It's, I so, mean, it's like a cl cliche thing that, you know, people say like, oh man, live the rock star life or whatever. Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if you saw my post, but the rock star life yesterday was putting together a puzzle and I, uh, I was very much enjoying it. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I, I mean that's yeah. That's I might work too. on it for a while after this interview. I don't know. I don't know. What <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I mean, it, it is funny, and it's a unique experience for sure. I love you know. I love your guys' show, so I I watch your show and listen to your show too. Um, and I, I just think, um, yeah, I just love kind of the experience of hearing what other dads are going through, yeah. and 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 so I think kind of what kind of connects those two things is like that is such a shared experience between parents, right? Like we all kind of go with, go through a lot of the same things. It's just the environment in which you're kind of 
going through those things. And so you can learn new techniques from people who've had to adapt in different ways. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think about you, like having to manage going out on tour, um, you know, um, I guess there's, there's lots of people who have jobs where they might be away from their families for a little while. And so maybe they haven't had anybody to tell them, well, here's something that works. Right. Yeah. We talk about that all the time. You know, it's, uh, you know, you never want to compare yourself to, you know, what somebody's experience is, you know, that we're, we're, you know, but you know, it's like, I, I say all the time, you know, it's like, I mean, yeah, we're gone some, but there's a couple of ways to look at it. You know, we could be in the oil field and be gone for a month at a time. And, and, you know, and, or we could be in the army and be gone for years at a time. But there's other things too, that aren't quite like that, that like people don't think about. I mean, for a, 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 for a big part of my life, my dad sold cars. Well, he worked nine to nine every day. That means I literally never saw the guy. Never. Like, cause I mean, what he would, I would be gone to school by the time he'd be going to work. And then by the time he was, he came home from work, you know, it was like, we were done with the day. It was, it was yeah. over. And then he was off on Sundays, but that's kind of when they did their own thing. And so, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, when, when I started traveling, I, I had to make sure that I was putting that in perspective of like, you know what, um, if I'm gone during this time, when I'm home, I'm going to be home and I'm going to be present and I'm going to be there when they get off the bus or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be at their games. I'm going to be at their, um, recitals at their karate belt tests, you know? Um, and so, uh, so that was a conscious, that was kind of a conscious thing. Like, were, were you actively kind of like reflecting on your experience as a kid, as you're kind of thinking about um, how to approach those situations? I think you want to, I think everybody wants to do better than their parents did. And I don't think everybody has the same story. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that think their parents were perfect, but still want to do better. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I personally, you know, my, my parents weren't amazing communicators. um, And so I try to be, you know, I try to show patience where I don't feel like um, there was patience in the house that I grew up in, you know, in, in those areas, I try to be more conscious of that. Like I really, um, can really sense that. And when I do make a mistake as a parent, I'm quick to point it out. And, and, um, you know, and sometimes my wife will be like, man, you got irritated there or whatever. And I go, Oh, I know I'm already over here punishing myself. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I, that's, I gotta, I gotta be mindful of that, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that we all do that, you know, um, just try, just try to be better what we, you know, we do that anyway, right? Like we, we try to be better musicians than the guys before us or, or, you know, funnier songwriters or whatever. Um, and that's just progress. So, so that's a good segue. We let's talk about, I mean, we talked about you're a, you're a busy guy in general. You got a lot going on right now. So new bowling for soup album coming you have a new solo album like tell us about that too like let's hear all about it all right yeah so um well first up uh bowling for soup just released a new single called i want to be brad pitt that's great thank you um my solo record comes out march 11th and um it is a country album but not country to the point of like where people are like everybody at punk rock dads is going to hate it. It's, uh, it's got, it's got enough social distortion in it to where I yeah. think people will dig it. Um, you know, I grew up listening to Waylon and Willie and they'll always yeah. be cool. You know, that's Willie's as punk as you can get. 
Um, and then um, Bowling for Soup new album comes out April 22nd. And then we're, we're, uh, we're doing some touring and stuff, you know? And uh, so, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good time. It's a busy time. And you're like, I kind of seem to remember you guys talking about on your show that like this Bowling for Soup album was not really, you weren't planning this album. It oh, yeah. sort of almost just happened. Right. Oh yeah, it, it did. Yeah. It's basically, we, you know, first six months of, uh, of quarantine, you know, we just, you know, we had, our guitar player literally locked in a one room apartment and, uh, you mm -hmm. know, the rest of us locked in our houses and we're, we started doing all these Facebook hangouts. Essentially we'd just go on Facebook and get drunk and people could just watch us, you know, and that's, and we had a blast and it was super fun, but it, there just came a time where I'm just like, man, I miss you guys, you know? And, and I think we just needed to do it. Uh, and so that's been a year and a half ago. That was last, um, August. We, um, jumped in a, a tour bus uh, we all COVID tested. We jumped in a tour bus. So we went to uh, the Poconos. We rented an Airbnb and a studio right beside it and, uh, and made an album. And, um, you know, I, I, this, I keep saying this, you know, I don't know, this might be the last one we do because really we live in a singles world now. Yeah. I mean, the idea yeah. Is to keep putting out singles albums, you know, for music musicians, the way that content works now is like you put out an album, you've really just kind of wasted 10 songs. Um, and so, uh, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm glad we did this one because it's, it came out amazing and I'm super, super happy with it. Um, and everybody that hears it is just like, holy crap. Um, but really I'm glad that we did it more for just the camaraderie. I mean, we did it at a time when sports had just came back. So it was crazy. Actually, we're in this Airbnb and all four major sports were going on at the same time yep. because football had started. Baseball was still going. Basketball had a shortened season. Hockey had a shortened season. Hockey was in the playoffs actually. Um, when we were doing this. So, um, you know, it was, uh, it was awesome. We just had a, we cooked our own food and, and, uh, and just, and just lived and, and made a great record. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy for the world to finally hear it, man. It's, uh, it's, it seems like a lifetime ago, obviously, you know, with the way the world has been. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. But, well, I'm, uh, I'm super excited that the single's great. Um, and you, yeah, and your, your country album. So has that been in the works for quite a while? Well, country album is another, um, COVID -y thing. Mm. Um, something I've been talking about for a long time. Um, you know, I grew up in Wichita Falls, Texas. I grew up listening to whatever my parents listened to, which was, like I said, Waylon and Willie and Kenny yep. Rogers and Dolly Parton. And um, so that's something that I um, just started to kind of get back into listening to again when I met my wife, you know, is just is, is back to listening to country. And um, I've always said, man, I could make a country record. I should do this. <laughs> um, and so I had been talking about it with my friend, Zach Malloy, who's in a band called the Nixons, who has written and produced a bunch of big country hits now. And he's in Nashville. And we just kept, you know, I kept going, man, I really want to do this. Like, let's try to set aside the time. Let's try to do it. And finally, uh, last, last, um, like February, I think it was, we were just texting. He goes, we're just going to do this. Let's just do it. And I'm go, I just was like, okay, let's just do so. We wrote and uh, recorded that album and, you know, over, over the internet, um, wrote it and demoed it over the internet. And then, um, we had some musicians come in in Nashville and play it. And, um, I went there and sang it and, uh, we got it, got it done. And so 
yeah, a year later it's coming out. And, uh, and you had some friends play on it too, right? I did. Yeah. I had, uh, so uncle cracker who I've known for a long time, uh, who, you know, has done a bunch of stuff in the country world is on there. Also, I'm a huge Frank Turner fan, uh, and have gotten to be friendly with him. So he's on there. And then from the awesome. country world, Cody Canada is on there. Uh, but for you and I, the most exciting <laughs> person is, uh, so my, I didn't know who my biological father was till about four or five years ago. And when I found out, I found oh, out interesting. He, was, he was a musician and uh, he was a radio station personality and uh, a lot of similarities in, in you know, how he de deals with people as me, you know, there's definitely some nature going on there. Um, but he would write and record music back in the day. So I got sent a song called, uh, called Natalie that he did when he was 19, back in 1959. And, um, I was just like, man, I think I could record this cause it's, it's kind of a rockabilly song. So I did, I recorded it for my new country album. And then I asked Stefan Edgerton from the descendants to play guitar on it. And he does. And then what to make it even crazier, his wife's name is Natalie. And yeah, so, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I've known him for a really, really long time. And Oh, that's a neat yeah. connection. Yeah. Oh, the, my connection with him is the wackiest thing in the world. Like I go see the descendants and I cry because like, I, I just get overwhelmed with emotional. Like I, I, I'm just like that. It like plays, um, musicals, like concerts or whatever. There's always a point where I just can't help it. Like I just come overwhelmed and, uh, and then, so I go see the descendants and then he goes, he goes, Hey, can we come out and take some pictures? And I'm like, yeah. And it, what it was is his kids wanted to come take pictures with me. And I'm like, do you have any idea like how weird it is? Yeah. Full circle. That, you know, I'm telling his kids like, this is so weird for me that you're wanting my picture. Like I met your dad and I'm just like, I still am freaked out by the fact that I I'm friends with him, you know? Um, that's so, so yeah, cool. Life is a funny thing. My life, my wife says that my life is weird at least twice a day. And, uh, <laughs> Most of the time she's uh, it's because of something like that. Well, that is an amazing story about your biological dad too. Yeah, so, yeah. And you said you just found out five years ago. Yeah. About four or five years ago. Um, and uh, actually my biological sisters found me on, uh, on the internet after he passed, after their mom passed away, um, they got some, some, uh, some insight into things. And, uh, I had known that I, it's what I had, I'd been pretty close to finding him, uh, back in like 2013, but it, it's for the best that I didn't because the story is way too crazy to go into, but the, uh, the truth, but, but what's, but what's awesome is, you know, um, I'm really, really close with my sisters now and their families and they're all oh, awesome. And, That's um, amazing. You know, I, I get to see pictures of, of him that there's a picture of him when he was 11, that if you set it next to, to my son's school picture from when he was 11. You can't tell the difference between the two kids. It is bizarre. Oh, man. man, that is just so crazy. And so neat to have that musical connection too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And now sure. kind of like, you know, I don't know what the word is memorialized or, you know, it's kind of like yeah. part of your new album. That's so amazing. That's yeah. So it's cool. a cool story for sure. It's uh, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, when I, if I tell the story right, people get chills, you know, yeah, I, I kind of, totally. of rush through it there, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a cool story, man. It's, it's, it's been, it's been wild. Yeah. Well, it sounds like this album release is going to be, yeah, pretty special for you. For sure. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited about it. The reception to it has been really good as well. Um, and so, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm navigating two successful albums over the course of the next year or two and, and that I can just keep doing what I'm doing. So where's the best place for people to kind of, uh, follow what's happening with your albums, uh, follow you, follow the podcasts. Yeah. Um, jarrettreddick.com, J-A-R-E-T-R-E-D-D-I-C-K.com has everything, um, on there. There'll be a link to my country record coming soon. Um, that has all my podcasts, all my bands, all the stuff, but I'm on TikTok at Jarrett Reddick and then everywhere else, J-A-R-E-T-2113. So that's my Instagram, my Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. And um, I'm pretty active. So yeah, if you uh, want to know what's going on or if you want to reach out to me, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, yeah. You know, I'd be happy to, um, you know, if, if somebody's struggling with some mental health stuff or whatever, or you just want to tell me how bad pop punk sucks or whatever, that's, <laughs> you know, that's where you find me. Sweet. Dude, I really appreciate your time. It's been awesome talking with you. Thanks for sharing, you know, some real personal um, yeah, man. stories with us. I, like it, we, we, you know, I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Um, I think it's an important thing like we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just been great, uh, great chatting with you and getting to know you. I appreciate your support and Thanks, uh, coming on the show. Yeah. Yeah. If I could plug actually Rockstar Dad Show specifically on here. Yeah, uh, you know, that's if, right. Yeah. All you dads out there, just check out wherever you get podcasts, Rockstar Dad Show. Um, our last episode, we had a, uh, a club owner for, owner from here who is now a promoter. He prim- promotes all of Snoop, Snoop Dogg and uh, Nelly's shows now. Uh, but two years ago, he, his entire life was in the toilet and it's the way that he's turned it around is crazy. It's really inspirational. So that's on our last episode. So uh, everybody should go check that out, but there you can go in there and pick and choose too, just musicians that you, that you dig. I mean, we've had everybody on Stefan's been on. So, um, you know, go check that out. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. We'll, and we'll put links up to everything in our posts and all that stuff too. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure people know where to find you, but uh, yeah, like I said, thanks for, for taking the time. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, everything goes great with the album releases. Um, Yeah. I didn't ask, but you guys have any plans to come up to Canada at all? You know, um, we were planning on that actually before the COVID thing hit. And then uh, obviously that got dissolved. So we'll, we'll see if we can't restart that engine now that things are getting slowly back to normal. Cool. Well, love to buy you a beer sometime. So maybe we'll uh, bump into each other at some point. We'll do it. All right, man. Awesome. Appreciate your time. Good talking to you. Yeah. Take care, Jarrett. All right. That was Jarrett Reddick on the Rad Dad Show. Remember, Jarrett's country album, Just Woke Up, is out tomorrow, March 11th, 2022. Go check it out and go subscribe to his podcast, The Rockstar Dad Show. Thank you so much, Jarrett, for joining us. And thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean so much to us if you drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show. And on Facebook and Twitter at at rad dad show. And hey, you can also head over to YouTube to watch all these interviews as well. Wherever you're watching or listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It helps us a lot. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. And you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.